Oh, welcome to the Groovy Podcast, episode 9. I think I'll fade the music out now. My name's Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut. And? And hi, my name is Baruch, and I'm podcasting from the sunny Natania, Israel. We are missing Peter Ledbrook this morning. He uh, had a relapse from the Martian death flu or whatever he had before. And while he apparently seems to be feeling better, he informs us that his voice is no longer with us. Uh, so that would make it difficult for him to podcast. So it's just us today. How are you this morning, Guru? I'm very fine this afternoon, and uh, things are going great. How is your morning? That's right. It's morning here. It's afternoon there, and Peter would somewhere in the middle. You're what are you? GMT plus two? Is that it? Yes. Yes, and I'm. Well, I'm I'm all messed up because we hit that daylight savings time, and you know that's that always causes such chaos. So I, I believe I'm currently GMT minus four. I think we were minus five before, and now we're minus four or something like that. Yep. So, uh, interesting couple of weeks in the Groovy ecosystem, including Grails and everything. Uh, would you like to start with any of the new events? Yeah, so naturally, naturally the, the, the big news are the acceptance of the Groovy pro, uh, project to Apache Foundation. And I don't know, I still can't get used to this Apache Groovy <laughs> sentence. It sounds oh. very, very weird. Well, you know, I, I've been following that, of course, although I have to admit it's been hard for me to get terribly enthusiastic about the, the details. I, I don't like getting involved in committee work or, or administrative stuff like that, but I've been very interested in, of course, the fact that it's happening. But the, the point of it all was kind of driven home this week in an unusual way. Did, did you notice that um, the, one of the big news items from yesterday or the day before, Apple... Uh, bought a an open source product. They bought a company behind an open source product. Did you see that? Yes, a database, and they actually killed it, right? Exactly. I mean, that was it Foundation DB or something. I, I'd never used it before. Yeah. But you're right. They they purchased the company behind it, and suddenly the open source repository, all the GitHub repos, went away. They were yes. completely gone. And, you know, that really drives home the fact that if one company is behind anything, especially with financial support, then the project is subject to the whims of that company, whereas if so you're... So you say we're lucky that Pivotal didn't kill uh, Groovy altogether and gave it away. Well, I don't think they ever could have. I don't think they ever had that much ownership over it. But you're right. I mean, it would have been a significant impact. And, of course, now that Groovy is part of the uh, Apache Foundation nothing like that can ever happen again. It's, it's much more stable now, much more uh, yes. long-term. Yes, and uh, another uh, amusing uh, aspect of that is that Groovy now is an incubating project. Mm -hmm. So you take a version like 2.4 and then you have this incubating suffix to the version, what that means. Well, I imagine we'll find out in the next uh, few weeks or months or whatever. I mean, clearly there's a migration going on between the, 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 the bug repository. I assume everything will stay on GitHub in terms of source code. Apache's been a very, well, I'd say a relatively late adopter of GitHub as the location for all the source code, but I'm, everything will eventually migrate over, I imagine. 
At least the new the new projects are on GitHub. For all projects of Apache, there is already like a bridge, so you can actually use, uh, you know, consume all the source code and commit a pull request, etc., through GitHub, even if the uh, even if the code is still in in subversion. But even the old projects like uh, Ant and Ivy uh, moved to GitHub under Apache, so that should be fine. And of course, new ones are on GitHub already. Yeah, uh, that sounds fine. I mean, it's a lot more stability. It's uh, going to be available indefinitely and everything. Have you heard anything about uh, Grails, for example? Any idea what their plans are? Yeah, so their plans are, I don't know, in terms of foundation, I know that they start to migrate their infrastructure from, uh, from Pivotal's uh, infrastructure, and uh, that's because it has to do with us. Uh, we are now in the middle of uh, preparations for hosting all the Grails plugins, uh, on Binfray, Gradle itself, Gradle 3 itself, it's already distributed from Gradle, which actually brings us to our next, I think, news topic, which is Gradle 3 is around the corner. Hey, Gradle 3. Gradle 3, right. They did release uh, release candidate 2, so presumably within, well, before the end of the month anyway, uh, the final version will be out. I don't know that there's time to do multiple release candidates beyond 2, uh, so we're right around the corner. Plus, they apparently have got that migration guide well on the way. And I think those are like very big news for 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 everyone who involved with with Grails because this is a very major release, right? So it, I, I'm not sure. Is it a total rewrite of all Grails? Well, there's a lot of infrastructure under the hood that's porting over to the approach supported by Spring Boot. And when I first heard that, I was a little concerned, not because of any problems with it, just because it sounded like it was this major refactoring of the code base. And when I've read about Spring Boot, I found that it's really not that different. It's still the traditional Spring approach. It just has a lot of auto-configuration under the hood. And, and of course, Grails was made for auto-configuration. So I don't know how radical the changes will be to the user. I think people who are writing plugins are having to accommodate the new structure, but I don't know how dramatic the changes will be for the apps, especially, I mean, every change to Grails has required some updating of apps. You know, going from 2.2 to 2.3 was a major change in, in some of the infrastructure there, too. So I, I think it'll be all right. I mean, I think it, it will be interesting to see what the impact is on the user community. The interesting, interesting part here, um, I think it's also the um, auto-reload auto of, of Grails applications. If I not remember, uh, it was based on Spring Reload, mm. which is recently uh, seized from being operational. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe there is a nice use case for a zero turnaround to introduce variable reload in, in Grails. Well, I think we'll we'll know all that within a week. I think that's all going to be coming out, or at least in, within two weeks, which means on our next podcast we'll have plenty to talk about there. Of course, the last thing I'll say about that, I think the big change that's coming, of course, the one that's going to impact the most people is the switch over to Gradle. Uh, finally, we yes. can't. Yes, and everything will be Gradle and Gradle dependencies and Gradle resolution and, and of course, J-Center, which you are quite interested in. Yes, yes. So that's that's definitely a very big change for us, both in terms of uh, being uh, a service behind it and and being very big consumers of, of of Grails as well. And I have to say that their build is one of the 
most uh, painful aspect of working with Rails, definitely. The other thing that happened the with Rails, uh, sorry about that. The other thing that happened with Grails, of course, is that they released not just 2.4.5, but also 2.5. Uh, which I thought was very interesting, and what was it? Two point five was listed as the the future maintenance release of the two dot the two dot X line, for example. I mean, now that they're jumping to three, it sounded like they're pretty much finished with the two dot four line, and then made two dot five the destination for future updates. Is that was that your impression as well? Yes, that's. It sounds like this what people who who are not not ready to upgrade to three will use. And um, you know, knowing the history of of, of Grails in how stable you know they are after the release and everything, I think that a lot of people will prefer to wait for three, three or one, three or two, or even or maybe even three one before well, the, they upgrade. The only major change or the only significant change that it looked like to me from uh, Grails 2.5 was that it supports Groovy 2.4. Yes, and that of course is interesting, and of course Groovy had multiple releases as well during this uh, last couple of weeks. They released was it 2.4.2, and then followed almost immediately, or at least a few days later, by 2.4.3. Sounded yes. like they had some regressions to plug in there, mm -hmm. and of course they also added in 2.3.11 uh, as the uh, final, well, the next step in the 2.3 line. Yes, yes. So that's that's also important. Those are uh, both of them. Looks like you know, kind of minor, uh, minor releases for uh, for the versions. And uh, you know, every time I see a release a release of, of of Groovy, I'm dreaming about Groovy three. Yes. And now with this transition to um, to Apache, this is an interesting question: how how it will go? Because from my understanding, the 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 biggest effort. In Groovy 3 will be the new meta object protocol, right. and without working on Groovy full time as Cedric was doing, as and Johan was doing, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what will happen with that. Well, we'll find out again pretty soon, I imagine. I I do know. I mean, I don't know, but I remember the discussions of adding the new MOP into 2.x line, and then they said, now nah, we're going to push it off to 3.0. I guess the real question will be, is there going to be a Groovy 2.5 before there is a 3.0? And once again, I imagine we'll know that relatively soon. Yeah, their agreement with Pivotal was that 3.4 will be the last the last sponsored version, right? 2.4? If I remember right. 2.4, hmm. I think I so. That's what I recall. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's a, probably a question that would be good to ask Peter, right? Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, yes. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, let's see, did you have, I did put the, the vote for the acceptance to the Apache uh, incubator. Did you notice that the votes were like 41 in favor and zero again? So it sounds yeah, like they, they already worked. Kind of natural. Natural. I, think that, I think that every every foundation would recognize that a, a, a Groovy is, is, uh, is actually something to be, uh, to, be, to be proud of. And I think uh, they have, Good, uh, good selections of 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 uh, the foundations that were interesting in Groovy and not the the other way around, and that's that's nice. I wouldn't imagine someone who actually would know for getting Groovy into the foundation. Yeah, I, I didn't expect anything there either. I was just glad to see that at least it was unanimous. 
uh, although I imagine it was pretty much anticipated to be that way. Or maybe unanimous is too strong a term, but at least nobody voted either against or neutral. So of the people who voted, they were all in favor. What else do we have uh, this couple of weeks? Uh, I did notice one thing. Um, one of the changes made by uh, Google is that Google took their own in-house build system, that so-called, uh, what did they call it again? Uh, Blaze. Pardon me? Yeah, Blaze was the internal one, and Buzzel is how they call it now when it's out. Yeah, exactly. They just reordered the letters, although they used the Z. And, of course, I am wondering how the Canoe people and Andres and Dirk and everything feel about the fact that they named it after the town in Switzerland where they are currently residing. Yeah, and they and and they are a Grendel advocates, so this is a very interesting situation. Right. So I noticed yesterday, and I put it in the show notes, that um, Hans Doctor from Gradleware, of course, posted a response to this effort, uh, discussing various reasons why you know that uh, Google decided to go with their own system rather than with Gradle, etc. Did you look at any of that? Did you see Hans's? Uh, yes, I, I saw his response, and and this is this is very interesting. Um, I would say very interesting situation because um, you you know that Android Android Studio um, uses Gradle for for their boot, and the Android Studio is. Uh, um, mostly um, a, a Google product. It's a joint product between Google and and JetBrains, but uh, um, it is a Google it is a Google product. So that means that Google, or at least um, some guys in Google, know what Gradle is, and um, that this decision of of creating Buzzer, of creating Blaze, it's not uh, not built-in syndrome. It's not that they just decided that they can do better of, on anything. They, uh, I believe that they know what Gradle is, and still they decided that it's not the best fit. Well, and, um, well go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Uh, my my understanding of what Hans suggested, if I if I interpret it correctly, and and you know I'm sure Hans will let me know if I don't, is that there were two main issues that were different under the Blaze approach. One is that everything at Google is basically in a single giant repository with a certain structure to it and therefore having additional stuff that that supported that structure was natural for them I mean they have a very specific environment and therefore they wanted something that was much more customized to their needs and the other major issue was that they had task parallelization which Gradle doesn't have yet now Gradle when you do multi-project builds you can do uh, project parallelization right now and what Hans was saying is that in the upcoming transition to I suppose it'll be uh, Gradle 3.0 as well right uh, yes in that one they're going to have task parallelization also so it's simply a question of well give us a month or so or whatever amount of time it's going to require we are working on that and then that will be a major change so I I think the argument again is that Gradle may not have what they have now for the parallelization, but it's coming, and that it's a far more general, far more customizable tool. Yes, that 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 what I would say too. That's the same impression. On on the uh, on the other side, um, it's interesting that uh, I don't know how it works. The decision to open source something. So I believe that this this build system is highly customized for 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 Groovy needs, right? They wrote it for for them. 
And they, they go like, okay, we will make it open source. Why? If, if it, does it even fit any other project except of, uh, of Google? If someone can make any usage of, the, of it, or it's just for the fact that we have something that we don't care about much about, uh, you know, trying to monetize it, and then it will just throw it to open source just to mention that we have an open source project. You know what I mean? Well, I understand. I don't know what the motivation was inside of Google. And, yeah, it's possible they simply decided to make it available to the world. I don't know that they're going to be pushing it as the, as the solution for the world. I think the question more in people's minds was, is, hey, if a tool like Gradle already exists, why are you doing this? Yeah, and it that's sounds like, our question as well. Yeah, well, it sounded like, from what you're implying, is that this was already something they were using, this was something they'd been working on for years, and they said, well, we're, it's, a, it's so customized to, envir to our environment, we'll continue to use it, and by the way, here's an open source version in case anybody wants it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think it's going to hurt Gradle in any significant way, except the same way that the Pivotal leaving, you know, the financial support, it'll be more of a, it'll bring up questions. It'll bring up people saying, so, hey, if this is already available, why should we use that? And I think we have easy answers for those questions. Yes, yes, but it's still interesting to see how Gradle um, adoption go goes. And uh, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the answer is, my answer from you know, just an observer uh, of how people, how is is there an adoption keep keep growing for for Gradle? Um, I get the impression. What, what do you say about that? Rapidly, I would think. I I did get a tweet yesterday. Somebody sent me a, a tweet. I I'm not trying to hide it. I just don't remember who who was offhand asking about Groovy support for Maven, and I suspect what they were talking about is the Maven making it possible to build your build file in non-XML approaches, which they've tried in the past, didn't really work out. And wasn't it you, I think, you, you in fact, might have been the one who said, look, just, you know, coding in XML is not the real problem with Maven, which, of course, is certainly one of the problems. But, yeah, it's a, much, it's a very opinionated architecture. Did you want to say anything about that? Yeah, so uh, it's actually not the second attempt. This is the attempt. It would just take them took them five years to get it out of the door. Yeah. I think five, maybe maybe less, but years to take it out of the door. But that's the same project, the same Maven Polyglot. Jason Wazil was mentioned uh, many years ago, and uh, uh, even then, my my opinion that didn't change. Uh, if you take EGB uh, two and try to write uh, the descriptor of EGB two in uh, in Groovy, it won't make it any better. It will make it a little bit better, but but the problem is definitely not the format of the POM file. Well, okay, uh, makes sense to me. I remember when I was working on on my book. Um, not that I'm here to push making Java Groovy at every. But please do. It's a great book, and please push ah. it, and I will support you. Oh well, you're all right, man. I you know I appreciate that. Uh, at any rate, I remember writing the the build chapter. Because I continually, well not continually, but I used to get frequent questions of how do I, you know, use Groovy with Maven, and ultimately my conclusion was is nothing will make you want to use Gradle more than trying to make Groovy and Maven play well together. Uh, but I remember at the time there was a a Maven artifact uh, for Gradle, and then there was the G Maven project, 
Now I believe, and this I don't think was true at the time, but it's true now, is there's a GMaven Plus project as well. Uh, I don't think any of those address the issue that they're trying to release now with the new Maven approach of having a, a build-in Gradle, right? I mean, a build-in so group. I think there are, there are two different uh, problems that GMaven solved back in the day. First of all was uh, writing form in, in Groovy instead of the XML, but the most important part of GMaven was, of course, being able to build gra um, Groovy with Maven, right? Mm. Mean to build, oh, you mean build a Maven project that included Groovy in it? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Right. Just run, uh, just run the Groovy, uh, Groovy cross compiler and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember there were actually there were two approaches that I took. One was that you either use the Maven artifact, and the other was the Groovy Eclipse plugin, of course, which had the word Eclipse on it, even though it had nothing to do with Eclipse IDE. Ultimately, it just came from the Groovy Eclipse project at, of course, Pivotal. You know the people who were working on the IDE, and they had had to make some modifications to the compiler to make the cross compilation stuff work. And the funny part was, you either put all your source code, Java and Groovy, under source main Java, or you put it all under source main Groovy, depending on which of those plugins you use. And I had examples of that, and I just find the whole thing endlessly amusing. Whereas, of course, in Gradle, it's very simple to just blend it all together. Uh, I used to take the approach that, you know. Maven is a highly opinionated architecture. You have to do things Maven's way or you're going to run into problems. Now, that said, people who can write Maven plugins very well can get wherever they're going, but Gradle kind of assumes that every project is a custom project. You're ultimately going to have to customize everything, or something anyway, and it makes it very easy to do so. So that's good. Yes, I, of you know, I don't yeah, that's, that's the biggest difference. Right? The biggest difference is that uh, that you you are not locked into into some opinion or of some guys that decided for you how your project should be. Okay, now there yeah. were a couple of and, um, mentioning mentioning the the Groovy Rails IDE, the clips. Actually, that brings me back a little bit for the um, to the topic that we discussed earlier about living pivotal, and uh, I think that that could be an immediate victim of of this move because. Uh, the Gro Groovy Grails um, IDE was um, maintained by the um, Spring Toolsuit team, right. the guys that create a custom IDE for Spring. Right. And as I understood, they will stop uh, maintaining it. So um, it, I think that, and 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 I, I don't think someone from the community, or hopefully it will be someone. But I'm not sure someone will actually pick it up. Well, Groovy and Grails Toolsuite released, I think it was 3.6.4, I think. And what you're suggesting is that's going to be the last supported version. They're not going to be making changes to that anymore, or that it'll have to be. Yeah, so from, well. from what I understand, it actually no one will, will maintain it because the, the, the tooling team in Pivotal, they, they won't work on it because they don't support Groovy and Grails anymore. Well, that is a big issue because I have a lot of clients who are interested in free IDEs. I mean, I try to tell them, well, you have, that's because you haven't worked with IntelliJ IDEA yet. But nevertheless, uh, they're going to do that. I wonder if the side effect of that decision will be to help out the NetBeans community. Because I, I'm seeing an increasing adoption of NetBeans people into the Groovy and Grails tool space. I wonder if IntelliJ, if the open source of IntelliJ don't support Groovy? Oh, I right, think no, no, 
the way IntelliJ works is that the community edition supports Groovy yes. but not Grails. There's no Grail. Oh, right. Yeah. Now, okay. Of course, that makes sense. One of the other changes in Grails 3.0 being based on uh, Gradle is that in principle you could simply import a Gradle, you know, a, a Groovy project. I said it one more time. A Grails 3 project into IntelliJ using the Gradle build. You know, import the build file and everything will be set up. But there would not necessarily be any custom tooling to support the Grails functionality, which is what they have in the Ultimate Edition. Speaking right. of which, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, so you will have you will have a decent support in the community edition. It's, it won't be as glamorous as as in the ultimate, which is right. I think just fine. Well, the ultimate edition is is really fantastic, and that was another thing that happened in the last couple of weeks is that uh, IntelliJ released. Boy, I'm going to remember the the number wrong. It's like fourteen. Fourteen number. Fourteen point one, and it happened yesterday. Right. Day before and, yesterday. I did upgrade. I haven't tried anything in it yet, you know. Uh, at least I haven't tried anything Groovy related. But the big change there, from what I understand, is that they improve the Groovy compilation speed uh, rather dramatically. Which and Gradle support. And improved Gradle support. Oh, okay. I mean, the Gradle support wasn't bad before, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, I, I have to disagree. I, I think it's horrible, but based oh. on a very simple fact that code completion doesn't work. Oh, the code completion. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so and, and it's kind of annoying because um, in, a, in a very simple level, Gradle is just a DSL on top of Groovy in terms of the file. So just binding the Gradle script with the project, uh, with the Gradle project object will make all code completion work. Okay, so now... Or most of it, right? Now most of it will work. And the, uh, this this kind of DSL support is there in IntelliJ IDEA, I think, for, for many years already. You can provide a custom, a custom descriptor, a groovy uh, DSL file, right, and, right. and then you can say everything should be backed up with this object in the binding. Uh, this works for years, uh, but the obstacle is that you cannot add this descriptor file to a Gradle script because Gradle script is not a normal Groovy script, so you cannot attach a custom descriptor to it. Okay. And the most amazing thing is that it still doesn't work. Really? Okay. I mean, I know I've gotten in the, the habit of opening up the terminal window, and I, I just basically go out to the shell whenever I do Gradle-related things. Um, you were kind of implying that I wasn't going to have to do that anymore, but I suppose not. I suppose I'm still going to have to try it out, but I will try it out and see how that goes. Uh, just moving, but I mean, I like the fact that they're working hard on it, especially if a lot of people are going to be leaving Groovy and Grails Tool Suite and looking for the appropriate alternative. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing. Now, moving on on that, the other IDE-related thing, of course, is that, speaking of Android Studio, I think there was another release of Cedric's, uh, Cedric Shampoo's uh, Android Groovy, I don't know what to call it, the Groovy plugin for Android, the Android plugin for Groovy, I don't know. Yeah. But at any rate, 0 0.6. I think it's 11 or something, is out now, and that fixes the, the problems that were introduced when Google upgraded their plugin version and to 1.1 and broke a lot of things that uh, Groovy was looking for. Right now, I think one of the biggest issues that's going on with the Android plugin is that there's a somewhat confusion regarding the testing capabilities. What's been in testing in Android projects for years 
and supported well by Android Studio was what they called unit tests, but which are, in fact, integration tests. When you put your tests under the source Android test Java, or now Groovy, then you still had to have connected devices or you had to have emulators running. And one of the nice features of the Gradle build was that you could run all the tests on all the connected devices simultaneously. I mean, that's really a neat feature. But now it looks like in the latest version of the Android Studio and, and the Gradle plugin is that now you're also going to have a traditional source test directory and therefore be able to do true unit tests much in the manner of, say, RoboElectric. I haven't actually tried that yet. Uh, I saw that it was there. I'm waiting for it to shake out a little bit. And that means that they'll try to have both. Now, the, um, uh, what's his name, Andrew Reitz? Reitz? I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm a, it's R-E-I-T-Z, I believe. I'll put a link in the show notes. Is the guy working on the Spock plugin for the uh, for Android inside the, the, uh, the Android test folder. So it's still a traditional JUnit type test, except it's still an integration test. You know, you still have to have the emulators. Yes, yes. And that's fine. I mean, I like yes. that. I'm glad we have the, and the Spock support. It's just that there seems to be, among the Android people, a bit of a confusion as to what's really a unit test versus what's a, an integration test in there. Yeah, that's the not only confusion they have comparing, you know, from people to coming from the backend or, or you know, traditional uh, traditional uh, applications. We see it a lot in the dependency management world. People have no clue what's, what is it and how to work with it. And, yeah. you know, it's usually most of them are very young and they jump on this uh, wagon of, um, of uh, developing uh, apps for mobile and the... the they don't really know how to do anything except what they're reading, getting started with Android book. Well, speaking of which, I, I remember when I first started reading about Android, and I couldn't believe that the testing chapter in the book, such as it was, was a few pages at the end. I mean, it was hardly discussed at all. And I'm like, haven't we learned anything? You know, and uh, the when I talked to some people about this in the iOS world, they said this is actually fairly typical because a lot of the testing that goes on in iOS, or at least back then, I don't know how much of it is in there now, was again uh, testing a GUI, and it's not easy to test a user interface. I mean, how much functional testing do we do in general compared to the amount of unit testing, you know, of individual classes and, and things in the back end? So that the history, the heritage of testing user interfaces is that much further behind the history of doing unit testing and that this is what's slowly catching up. Uh, the, the funniest tweet I saw about that, by the way, I don't remember who tweeted it, but somebody yesterday tweeted, uh, yeah, my company does a blend of TDD and BDD, which we call TVD. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. To be done, yes. Uh, moving on, uh, I thought that was interesting, by the way, and I'm really looking forward to using that. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, I suppose I should mention it. I did put it on Twitter, is that we now have a Twitter account, uh, Groovy Podcast, at Groovy Podcast, I should say. Uh, the irony, of course, is that it's uh, at the moment it's all going to my, the email's all going to my account. So I keep getting all these emails of, oh, these people are following Groovy Podcast over, <laughs> over and over again. But I thought it would be a good idea to have a dedicated account for that, and we can make uh, tweets about when the, uh, the podcast is available and when the next one is scheduled, and I hope to keep that a very, very low volume uh, account. You know, I don't want to overwhelm people with information. Yeah, so you basically, the the, anon the announce of, of the new podcast when we know the date and the time, 
and maybe a reminder half an hour before the, before the live stream, that's all it takes. Oh, now you tell me. I should have tweeted half an hour ago that we were, well, half an hour, well, I guess an hour ago. Well, we, we have like five followers at the moment. I think they're oh, all watching, so that's it's fine. Getting, well, we got four viewers at the moment, but I mean, we have a fair number of followers on that account. Uh, okay, now, the, good. Of course, the thing, the reason I was hesitating to, to mention it is because at the moment it has no icon. It's one of those I'm only an egg thing, you know. But I have a, a friend who does graphic design, and he's currently working on a nice little icon for us. Uh, so when that's announced, I'll, I'll put that up there, and I'll, I'll replace the icon and everything, and, and that should be fun. And then, of course, I'll give him, I suppose you would say, promotional considerations. You know, we'll, we'll mention him and his company, because he's <laughs> contributing it for nothing. So it, it, it would be very nice to mention it. Uh, yeah, if it would work well, um, I think uh, an icon for Groovy Puzzlers will be nice as well because we just we just shamelessly use the Groovy logo at the moment. Oh well, I'll I'll put you in touch with the guy. Definitely, I'm sure Great, he uh, he may charge you though. <laughs> yeah, that's I will give him the same promotional plug. You will. Oh, okay. And uh, Groovy Puzzlers at the moment have more followers than the Groovy Podcast. I believe that. Yes, absolutely. Now, the last thing on the list that we have here is that you put up something about uh, tickets for Great Conf in the, the European version, the one in Copenhagen, are now available? Yes. Yes, yes. So um, it's approaching fast. There are still a couple of months uh, ahead, three months ahead. Uh, but uh, now the tickets are, are on sale and they're very early bird and very uh, competing prices. It will be a great show, as usual, with all uh, who is in the in the Groovy community. And um, our humble contribution will be, of course, the Groovy Puzzlers. Uh, Noam will do a, a new season of Groovy Puzzlers with Andres. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, shameless plug from the Groovy Puzzlers here is, if you know any puzzling behavior in your Groovy code, please send it to uh, uh, to the at Groovy Puzzlers Twitter account, and we will be happy. To uh, to check it out, and uh, we know we love our contributors. We treat them with T-shirts, not only with uh, with mentioning their names. Well, I sent as many puzzlers as I could think of to the first one. If I'd realized, if I thought about it, I would have kept a couple in reserve so that I could have sent them for this one as well. But I didn't think that way. I just sent you everything I had. So yeah, and for. Half of the first season were, were was contributed by you, so thank you very much again. Well, that's mostly because you wind up teaching a bunch of beginner courses, and people keep saying, "Well, what about this?" And I'm like, "Wow, it never occurred to me to try that." And yeah, let's send that to Baruch, you know. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, in, I'm thinking in this time, the the next time I see the Groovy Puzzlers talk, I'll be as puzzled as everybody else. I'll be watching that there. Is there anything else? Anything else we're leaving out? Uh, I think we're good, and we're good time-wise as well. I'm running the other podcast in Russian with with the guys, and it, and the, the normal length of the each episode is two and a half hours. So wow. doing thirty minutes episode is really refreshing, and I think we should keep it that way. That's that's the plan. So as soon as we finish this up, it'll be available on the YouTube channel as well as on Podbean. The Podbean one contains audio only, whereas the YouTube channel is our full, complete broadcast. Basically, as soon as we stop the broadcast and wrap everything up, that will start converting right away, and then the Podbean one will be available. Now, by the way, just as a comment, the Podbean one has an RSS feed, which means that you can subscribe via iTunes, 
uh, to the Groovy podcast using that RSS feed. Uh, I've been thinking we may want to consider building an actual web page with an RSS feed as well, maybe some embedded links and everything. We should talk about that, and maybe we'll have something to say about that for our next podcast. Uh, I do expect that our next podcast will be heavily dominated by the Grails 3 release, but we'll see. You know, uh, So thank you very much for being available. I, I look forward to talking to you again on this. And I think everybody should send a Get Well Soon tweet to P. Ledbrook, right, to at P. Ledbrook for his uh, continued health there. Because that that's what helps, right? Oh, yeah, everybody flooding his Twitter account with Get Well Soon tweets. Uh, I know I plan to do so, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, thank, thank you very much, Ken. Thank you much, and enjoy your, enjoy your travels. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Okay.